What's happening, everybody? On today's show, Vanderbilt officially begins their 2023 season at 1-0. I'll give you my thoughts on the Commodores' win over Hawaii. And the college game day crew makes their picks to win the SEC and predictions for the college football playoff. Did they just give Kirby Smart more ammunition? Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode brought to you by the GameTime app. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making us uh, Locked on SEC your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network covering your team every day. All right, let's jump into it, guys. Uh, we made it. We are in to week one. We play... Uh, football games this week across the SEC. But before we start getting into uh, the full-on previewing the rest of the games happening this week and whatnot, we got to rewind a little bit. We did have the first SEC game over the weekend. And, yes, it was Vanderbilt. I get it. Not the most sexiest of matchups, but we got to get into a little bit on what Vandy did. Vanderbilt got the season started on Saturday, beating Hawaii 35-28 to at First Bank Stadium. Uh, it was one of the few semi-interesting games in Week 0. It was not the greatest slate of games. But it's the second straight season. Vandy opens their season with a victory. And it was sloppy, folks. First off, we had a lengthy weather delay that pushed kickoff back an hour and 40 minutes. So I know a lot of you didn't plan on staying up to watch Vanderbilt. I know a lot of you didn't plan up uh, stay up two hours later than you had originally planned. Maybe if you were plan to watch Vanderbilt but let's start with the good on what we saw in this one from Vandy I thought that quarterback AJ Swan played very well he had a couple passes that you know kind of hit Hawaii DBs in the hands and you know could have been picks but they weren't but he was 19 of 30 258 yards three touchdowns no picks uh, no turnovers period uh, expectations raised for AJ Swan this year he played nine games last season threw for 1200 yards and 10 touchdowns so he's already you know, what, a quarter of the way surpassing his numbers from last year. But he's got some good weapons. Like, the strength of this Vandy team is going to be their wide receivers. It's, it's, of course, headlined by the really, really good Will Shepard. He had six catches for 68 yards and not one but two touchdowns. London Humphreys, he caught a 32-yard touchdown. And the electric Jaden McGowan, who, look, folks, this guy is, I don't, you know, if he played it, Murray State. I mean, this guy is a, is a game changer. Took a 97-yard kickoff return back for a touchdown in the first quarter. It was Vandy's first kickoff return for a touchdown in nine seasons. And McGowan finished the game with a team best. Six catches for 72 yards. Jaden McGowan, London Humphreys, Will Shepard. Love the weapons that A.J. Swan has to throw the ball to. And... Um, and that's saying something. Vandy has, has not had a bunch of offensive weapons to worry about uh, in recent years. But other guys who stood out defensively, the senior safety, Dericky Wright, he had not one but two interceptions on the night. Also had three tackles and a pass defense. Uh, go ahead and give him my pick for SEC Defensive Player of the Week in Week 0 because uh, 
he made the plays that mattered. Now, I thought C.J. Taylor also played really well, playing that anchor position, led the team in tackles with nine, had four solo tackles, a sack, two and a half tackles for a loss, and a pass defense. C.J. Taylor, really good. But I thought Vandy's defense overall left a lot to be desired. This is a Hawaii team that is not very good. And I thought this continued a trend from Vandy last season. They struggled with pass defense in 2022, struggled to find that consistent pass rush. Like I said, had a couple sacks, but consistent pressure, pass rush. Hawaii's Braden Shager, he was 27 for 35 for 351 yards and three touchdowns. Let that sink in. The Hawaii quarterback, 27 for 35, 350 yards and three touchdowns. Now, if Braden Shager is doing that, what do you think guys like Devin Leary, Carson Beck, Jackson Dart, Joe Milton are going to do against this unit? Another thing I was disappointed in was Vandy's run game. Uh, One of the big questions this year is who is going to step up and replace Ray Davis, of course, you know, that was the guy who was ranked in the top five in rushing last season in the SEC. As a team in this game, Vandy rushed 23 times for a net of 44 yards. Patrick Smith, he had seven carries for 30 yards in, in the early touchdown. Uh, but Chase Gillespie, six carries for 13 yards. Cedric Alexander, who I loved in the spring game, just two carries for two yards. Vandy's going to have to find some more consistent run game if they don't want to finish dead last in the SEC again this year. And Again, Ray Davis was a big part of this offense a year ago. He's now in Kentucky. Who is that guy? Is it going to be Patrick Smith, Gillespie, whoever? Uh, they got to find it and find it quick. Uh, Vandy also had eight penalties for 72 yards. That's something they need to clean up, clean up but it's week zero. Not going to harp on that. But you watch a performance like this, it just makes you wonder if Vanderbilt is indeed going to improve this season. Uh, of course, last year they had those late-season wins against Florida and Kentucky and finished 5-7. and seven. They were one game from being bowl eligible. Uh, some of us thought, okay, Clark Lee's building this thing up. You got to take Vandy seriously now. Uh, after that performance over the weekend, and I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here, I'm not so sure if they're going to be much improved this year. Keep in mind, this is an opponent Vandy beat by 53 points last season on the road. This year they had to hold on to win by a touchdown at home. Clark Lee saying after the game, um, We're all disappointed because we know we can play better. At times, and this is what angered me, at times Hawaii pushed Vanderbilt around at times. That's the most concerning part. You're supposed to be an SEC caliber team. Clark Lee went on to say it's game one. Had nothing to do with our lack of respect for Hawaii or lack of preparation. I think it has to do with just growing into being a good team. This is not about beating the opponent. This is about trying to find our highest level, and we didn't have that tonight. So can Vandy improve? Plenty of opportunity to. Plenty of time to still do it. But uh, next up for the Commodores, they will host Alabama A&M before going on the road at Wake Forest, then at UNLV before they host Kentucky to start SEC play. So, look, a win is a win, but I just don't see Vanderbilt getting to six of them this season. So they could surprise me. They could could clean some of these things up. They could play a lot better, but... They're going to have to do it and do it in a hurry. By the way, uh, uh, shout-out to Andrew Allegretta, who, of course, we had on the show last week, voice of the Commodores. Uh, was kind of interesting to see. You know, they did do a good job of getting the field ready to play with all the construction they had, and, and Andrew talked with us about that last week. But it, it was a little jarring to see, 
you know, they have the lightning in the area and the wind blowing. And so the storm, you know, happening in the area, they've got to go into a, a lightning delay and we get delayed almost two hours. And then to see the scoreboard in the end zone being held up by a few cranes and seeing it kind of just dangling there in the wind. Um, again, just, you know, kind of uh, feels a little bit like uh, Vandy's pass defense there on Saturday night. But nonetheless, hey, wins a win. Uh, Vanderbilt now leads the SEC at 1-0. Everybody else is a game back at 0-0. Zero and zero. So uh, enjoy it while you can, Vandy. I just uh, have some big question marks about them uh, moving forward this year. And, you know, it, while, while I think it would be in vogue to pick them to go 6-6 six and six and they're going to pull off an upset or two again this year in the SEC, I have a hard time seeing it. But thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we've got some tidbits we're going to jump into going around the conference. That's coming your way in just a sec. But first, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Athletic Brewing Company. Look, now is the time for your game changer of the week, and it is brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like Dericky Wright coming up with the big interception late against Hawaii, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Uh, Dericky Wright had not one but two interceptions in that game to completely change the outcome for Vandy, and Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers, uh, like we said, that taste good, full flavor, well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. And you can find them. Go check them out. Uh, Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic beers at a store near you or buy them online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers, if you've never been to their website, never checked out before, you can use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's going to get you 15% off your first order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions, and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right, roll along here, Locked on SEC. And, man, we got plenty of uh, tidbits going into this week. we still got some quarterback battles going on. We'll get into those as this week goes along. And uh, plenty of stuff covered for you here at Locked on SEC. So make sure you are uh, subscribed and checking us out every day. Shout out to our everydayers coming back and checking us out every day here on the show. All right, let's dive back into it. Let's do it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. And we start over at Florida as they are getting underway this week with uh, their matchup against Utah happening this Thursday night. And uh, we'll talk with our buddy Brandon Olson of Locked On Gators on Thursday to preview that one. But Utah released their depth chart for their season opener against Florida. And according to the depth chart, they have starting quarterback Cam Rising uh, listed as starting under center against the Gators. He is listed as QB1. Now, rising status has been in question during fall camp as he's recovering from that ACL that he suffered at the end of last season. Look, it doesn't mean he's going to play, but it certainly is something to keep an eye on. Utah coach Kyle Whittingham has called Cam Rising limited throughout fall camp. It's unclear how much he's been able to practice or anything, but uh, he is Utah's Undisputed starter if he is healthy. The question is, will he be healthy? If not, Bryson Barnes is going to go. But kudos to Utah. A little gamesmanship there. If he's not going to play, kudos to the gamesmanship of listing him as QB1 and having uh, 
having Florida have to worry about him possibly playing. Over at Georgia, Kirby Smart sat down over the weekend with Reese Davis and Pete Thamel talking about their upcoming season, and he was asked about Carson Beck uh, hanging tough and becoming the starting quarterback in the absence of Stetson Bennett. First time in a couple years, Stetson Bennett not going to be on the team. Uh, But Carson Beck, uh, here's what Kirby Smart had to say. He said, Carson spoke to our team about uh, missed opportunities and how things have affected him, how he didn't think that uh, he had prepared the right way. He didn't think he was prepared. Went on to happen that Stetson never looked back, played for two years. But Carson could have been our quarterback uh, this whole time. And he's learned from sitting. He's learned valuable lessons. And I, I'm excited to see what he can do. So Carson Beck ready to shine in the spotlight. They will host uh, Tennessee Martin this Saturday between the hedges. Over at Kentucky, uh, we talked about them. Uh, they're going to have some beer sales, alcohol offerings at Kroger Field this season. Uh, domestic beer offerings include Michelob Ultra, Bud Light. Uh, they'll also have some craft beer options as well. Uh, selections from Yingling, Lexington Brewing, Country Boy Brewing. Uh, Kentucky published a beverage map and a concessions map for fans to find where those alcoholic beverages are at the games. So uh, it'll be fun. First time Kentucky fans will be able to get some tasty beverages there at uh, their home games. But they will open against Ball State coming up this Saturday. Over at LSU, they are continuing on their traditions. The jersey number 18, synonymous with success both on and off the field. Their honorary recipient of the number 18 jersey this year will be the defensive lineman Makai Wingo. Uh, the 18 jersey can go back to the 2003 season when Matt Mock wore it, winning the national championship. Then Jacob Hester wore it in 2007 when he won the national championship. Uh, B.J. Ojolari wore it last year. Makai Wingo put out a statement saying, ever since I transferred to LSU, I didn't want to come in and step on any toes. Just wanted to come here, put my head down, and work to gain the trust from my teammates and the coaching staff. And he has done that. Makai Wingo going to wear number 18 on that defensive line for LSU. Now, number seven. Also a tradition there. Uh, Kayshawn Booty wore it uh, last year, but in recent years it's been Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew, Leonard Fournette, DJ Chark, Grant Delpit. Uh, LSU announced on Saturday the new number seven distinction will go to offensive lineman Will Campbell. He uh, has been a mainstay uh, on that offensive line as a freshman last year, true freshman locking down one of those tackle spots now. A little bit of a difference here. Brian Kelly saying the number seven tradition is unique and special to the program. Worn by some of the greatest players to wear the purple and gold, Will Campbell has made such an impact on our team in such a short time. He embodies the qualities to join the legacy of the players that have come before him. Now, according to NCAA rules, he can't change out of his – he can't wear number seven on the offensive line. They just don't allow that. So he's going to stick with number 66, but he will wear a number seven patch. Uh, So, number seven, going to Will Campbell, but can't wear the number seven jersey. So, he'll still wear a 66, but wear a patch. One other LSU note. We mentioned uh, last week Mason Smith suspended for their opener against Florida State, dating back to receiving an improper benefit in the summer of 2021, right before NIL, literally a week before NIL took effect. And uh, Paul Feinbaum, letting the NCAA have it. He said on, on his show on Friday, how many times do you hear the NCAA leaders talk about the student-athletes and we are here to serve them? In this case of Mason, Mason Smith, this happened two years ago. All you have to do is say the kid was hurt last year, he missed a year, 
technically he's in violation, but we're going to make an exception because we care about the student athlete. And they didn't do that here. That's why people hate the NCAA. You're enforcing rules from something that happened two years ago that didn't hurt anybody. There was no victim here. The kid got paid to sign autographs, and you're going to hold them to uh, you know, something that's been illegal now for the past two years. It's crazy. But uh, nonetheless, Mason Smith will not play against Florida State, one of LSU's best defensive players. Over at Ole Miss, Trevor Jackson, four-star quarterback, announced on social media he is committed to the Ole Miss Rebels. He is the number 15 quarterback in the class of 2024, the number 32 prospect out of the state of Florida. He had offers from the likes of Texas A&M, Oklahoma, and others. So quarter, four-star quarterback Trevor Jackson going to Ole Miss and uh, the Rebels now have the 22nd-ranked recruiting class for the class of 2024. A few other notes. Uh, Dan Mullen put out his rankings for the SEC and SEC, SEC East and SEC West. And uh, like many, he has Georgia winning the East, Alabama winning the West. But he's not high on Florida or Mississippi State. His two former schools he coached at. Mullen has the Florida Gators finishing fifth in the East ahead of Vandy and Mizzou, and the Mississippi State Bulldogs rank sixth in the West, only ahead of Auburn. From a national view, Mullen uh, revealed his top 25 and slotted his old rivals one or two spots lower than the AP had them. So maybe a little bitterness there on Dan Mullen's part with his former employers. And there you have it. That's the latest going on around the conference. When we return, a college game day was back over the weekend, and their hosts made their picks and predictions for the SEC and the college football playoffs. So we'll run through those. Did they give Kirby Smart some more bulletin board material, something that Georgia didn't need anyway? Uh, we'll get into that in just a second. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And I want to remind you this episode is presented to you by our friends over at the Game Time app. Look, buying tickets to your favorite events don't need to be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy, easiest way for you to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They got killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. Uh, with that, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have at the game. Some of the best things about the Game Time app, they got flash deals and last-minute tickets. Look, if you're at the tailgate and you've been searching all day, keep checking that Game Time app as you start counting down to kickoff. You're going to find some great deals. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. And one of the best parts is they'll show you images of the seat views. If you're worried about, oh, am I going to be obstructed? Is is this really a good view or from this angle? Let me check it out. Game Time app has got it for you. And like we said, they're the place for the last-minute ticket ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Go so, so go snag your tickets without stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app right now, create an account, and use our promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. That's going to get you $20 off your first per- purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. along here locked on sec and we're officially into game week thank you guys for making us 
your first listen every day. Again, if you haven't done so yet, go check out our uh, SEC season preview. Still up there on our Locked On SEC channel, both in audio and video up at YouTube and, uh, of course, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I want to dive back into this because uh, for those of you guys who missed it, College Game Day was back over the weekend. First off, they had an F1 race that was finishing on ESPN. I was so hyped and excited. I know they're not on college campus, uh, you know, campuses until starting this weekend, so it was just the studio show where they're making their picks and previewing week zero and all that, but there was an F1 race. You literally had to switch over to ESPNU to see the start of College Game Day, but Kind of interesting as Herb Street and the guys made their picks across, uh, you know, the conferences and then, of course, for the college football playoff. And the thing that stood out to me most, how about their SEC picks? College game day. Reese Davis, Kirk Herbstreit, Desmond Howard, Pat McAfee, all in Bristol making their picks. And they all picked clean sweep Alabama to win the SEC this year. Georgia is the pick by many to three-peat to win their third straight national championship. But the game day crew feels differently. They all picked Alabama. And, of course, look, Nick Saban uh, has earned the benefit of the doubt. When you doubt him and, and he has a two-loss season and doesn't win the conference, a lot of times the next year he bounces back and he's either winning the SEC or at least playing, you know, making the playoff and playing for a national championship. But – I laughed as soon as I saw this. I said, they're giving Kirby Smart ammunition. Look, this is the same Kirby Smart who tried to convince his team that people picked him to go 7-5 and five a year ago. And now public doubt, once again, a powerful motivator for Georgia this season. Uh, Kirby Smart did downplay the idea that he told his players Georgia would go 7-5, and five, as Nolan Smith and others have talked about. But perfect, perfect time here for Kirby to go, look, none of the guys on that game day show even pick you to win the conference. They think it's Saban in Alabama. And look, you know, for Saban, this is now rat poison for his team. He can go back and use this as a motivator and go, look, they're all picking you. They think you're better than Georgia and LSU and all this. Don't take the rat poison. Nonetheless, just shocking that not one of the guys would pick Georgia. They did say none of them talked beforehand. They didn't, you know, coordinate. I'm sure if one guy knew the other two were going to be picking Alabama, that uh, one of them would have picked Georgia, but pretty interesting. All three guys on the game day crew picking Alabama to win the SEC this season. Not just not the SEC West, the SEC championship. Craziness. Uh, some other picks they made. Uh, Pat McAfee named Tennessee as his dark horse this year. He said, I like Tennessee. It's another year with Hypel system, and obviously Joe Milton is going to have to do good at quarterback. Uh, Desmond Howard making a bold prediction about who will win the Heisman. Desmond picking Georgia tight end Brock Bowers to win the Heisman. Look, he's the best tight end in the nation. He is great. But no tight end has won the Heisman Trophy since Leon Hart in 1949 and Larry Kelly in 1936. No tight end has even finished inside of the top 10 in Heisman voting since 1977. I just look at it as Carson Beck's going to get all the glory. If Brock Bowers is having a monster year, guess who's throwing the football? It's Carson Beck. That means Carson Beck's numbers will look uh, just as inflated. But uh, nonetheless, Brock Bowers, very good. Desmond Howard picking him (laughs) as his Heisman pick. I think that's a little off the wall. So who did the guys pick to make the college football playoff and win it? Well, Desmond Howard, he has one team from the SEC in his playoff bracket. He's got Alabama. So no Georgia in here. 
He's got Florida State, Michigan, and Texas as his three uh, other teams to make the playoff. Now, our buddy Chris Marler pointed this out on social media. How in the world can you make a case, if you're Desmond Howard, that Brock Bowers is going to be the best player in all of college football and he's going to win the Heisman, but Georgia do- loses to Alabama in the SEC championship and Georgia doesn't make the playoff? So if Georgia's not in the playoff, then that means they had another loss somewhere else, right? Like, that means Georgia has two losses. They lose a game during the regular season and they lose to Bama in the SEC championship and they don't make the playoff. That's a little extreme to me. I Look, you can question Georgia. You can question Carson Beck. You can question some of the pieces on defense. I just, I find it hard to, to do any kind of uh, Final Four prediction and not have Georgia in the bunch. So let's see what the other guys had to pick. Uh, Pat McAfee, his picks, he has both both teams in. He's got Alabama and Georgia in there, along with the two Big Ten schools in Michigan and Ohio State. He's got Alabama versus Georgia in the national championship, so a rematch of the one from a couple years ago. And he's got Alabama winning it all. Meanwhile, Kirk Herbstreet, he has the exact same thing. He has Alabama and Michigan on one side. He has Ohio State and Georgia on the other. Now, Herb Street's got Bama beating Michigan, but he's got Ohio State upsetting Georgia in the playoff bracket, and Alabama beats Ohio State in the national championship. We've seen that one before. So, guy's not getting super creative. I actually kind of like Desmond's picks from a standpoint of adding Florida State, Michigan, and Texas in there, but my goodness, um, to not have Georgia in there in Alabama and have Brock Bowers winning the Heisman, I just think that's a little nutty. But nonetheless, if you saw Desmond's picks from last year, his playoff picks, who do you have, like Pitt and Baylor and Texas A&M? Yeah, I get why he's going a little bit more traditional power this year. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Our thanks so much to you guys for making us your first listen every day. And loaded shows all this week. It's game week, guys. It's officially game week. We've got some big SEC matchups happening this week. Uh, So we will have you covered there. Uh, Thursday show, you don't want to miss it. Brandon Olson is going to join us. We'll do a full preview of Florida, Utah ahead of uh, Thursday night's game. Also probably talk a little Mizzou with our buddy John Miller to get a primer there. Uh, And the next couple shows, we're going to get into the Alabama quarterback decision having to be made here. This week, the Ole Miss quarterback battle still going on. We'll uh, see if we get a quarterback named, uh, at least a QB1 named going into week one at either. I'm sure we'll get those at some of these Monday, Tuesday press conferences. And uh, we'll be talking all about that. And then Wednesday show, our weekly visit starts up with our buddy Chris Marler. He'll be joining us to talk all things SEC. We'll make our official predictions for the 2023 season. So we'll go on the record, give you our picks to win the SEC East, SEC West, SEC champ, and who we've got making the playoffs. We'll be doing that on Wednesday's show. So loaded, locked on SEC shows all this week, guys. Make sure you're subscribed, checking us out wherever you get your podcasts, and, of course, the video version up there on YouTube. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. Shout out to our everydayers. Keep coming back, checking us out.